One, two, three, do it. Oh, back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brown-Merkel. With me, as always, here every week, in and out, to the good times, to the bad, to the playoff hunt, Mike Anderson. How are you doing tonight, Mike? Well, we're still in the hunt, so uh, I'm doing well. Not only are we in the hunt, we're the eighth seed, technically, by all the, the rules and tiebreakers that exist in the NFL. Um, so, um, yeah. Um... If you'd have told me that after week six we would be in this spot right now, um, I I would have called you a liar. Uh, yeah, I think I've been right there with you. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, or I should say the end of the year, you want to be playing your best football. And uh, there's no doubt about it after the start the Vikings had at, at uh, what, one and five, that if they do manage to sneak in. Uh, they will absolutely be playing their best football of the year. Absolutely, because I think I think to get there, um, like, like we've highlighted before, we're probably going to need to be a nine and seven team, which means uh, you got to rattle off what uh, four, four or five of your last of yep. every last five. So that's and that's taking at least one from Tampa Bay slash New Orleans, um, despite you know despite um, in addition to all the other games that you're you're supposed to win. Um, you know, by by normal standards, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, this this is where it's made, right? Um, what can we do going forward? But you know, let's that's 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 a problem for a future podcast, right now. Right now, Mike, we we, we just beat Carolina at home in in historic US Bank Stadium. Just yes, uh, wow! What a weird game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that's the way to put it, for sure. <laughs> that was I, I, that was one of the sloppiest games I think I've ever seen. That's that had a bit of everything. It had a kick block that was on penalty. I think was there a punt block in there too? Am, am I am I hallucinating that? Or was that last week? Uh, I think you're just no. uh, remembering all of the punt blocks we've had this year. <laughs> and then and then also okay yeah that, that's what I was remembering. So we blocked a kick. We blocked an extra point. The Vikings did. And then they blocked an extra point that was called back in penalty because he jumped too early. Um, and then there was, oh my jeez, um, we'll get to that in a second. But Vikings finally on the right side of a one-point victory, um, beating the Panthers 28-27 and moved to 5-6, and six, ever closer to the 500 mark. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, this was a game we were supposed to win, but I, I think I said going into it, you know, I I feel like it's gonna be a lot closer than it should be. Yeah. Um, just just because of the way that that we've been playing the last couple of weeks has been a bit sloppier. So. Yeah, and I mean it was sloppy, right? Uh, kind of a strange game. I think we we take a ten seven lead into into half, and then mm-hmm. uh, was it just the first two? I think it was the first two defensive plays. The Vikings get the ball, and. Uh, Cousins 
has what it looks like an incomplete pass initially, and then you watch the replay, and he clearly fumbles. It's picked up and run in, I think, on the very first yep. play of the second half. Correct, um, yep. And then we get the ball back again after the kickoff, and Dalvin gets into a big scrum. Uh, the ball is ripped out. It bounces directly up to the uh, uh, the, the player that had, had stripped it, and he goes into the end zone. The same player scoring on back-to-back plays, I think, the first time in NFL history as far as um, – at least as far as ESPN could tell, it was the first time a defensive player had scored on back-to-back plays. Uh, and that re- that reminds me a little bit of like the kind of weird sequence where I think I think it was it was it Anton Winfield that almost picked off consecutive passes, or it was someone in the Viking secondary linebacker where they picked off a pass, um, then fumbled. The offense re-recovered it, and then the very next play, he almost picked off another pass. Yeah, if you if you remember that from I think that's like a, a decade ago um, by now, but um, yeah, just just a weird, weird quirky um, sequence of events there. And and like you said, there you start off, you're like, okay, we're up ten seven, we can grind some clock here, we can we can you know start to start to roll this thing and and try to take control of this game because it's been pretty lackluster here through, and then instantly you're down by two scores. Yeah, I mean, it's all of a sudden it's 21 to 10. Uh, Vikings, of course, don't put anything on the board in the third. And then we move into this fourth quarter, and, the you know, they show the, the metric that I think we were the second highest scoring team in the fourth quarter this year, and they make a note of how, you know, a fair amount of that's in garbage time. And, and yet, what do we do? We, we, we throw out the 18 points and, and uh, edge out the victory, I, I think, you alluded to it. A majority of Vikings fans probably assumed that that uh, sly field goal was going to go in, but it, it wasn't even close. And the Vikings escape with a rare home victory this year. Yeah, not only that, but it, I mean, a kick goes our way. Um, at the end, there were, <clears throat> I don't think we're used to seeing that in the Vikings stadium. And, you know. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta figure just being Teddy Bridgewater and having that happen to you a couple times—that super wide left kick. Oh, that's gotta suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Teddy, yeah, first time back in the stadium since um, leaving here after the 2017 season. Um, didn't didn't have a great day. Um, I think the, one of the coverages in the end zone where he missed it, that where they ended up getting a field goal. Uh, we'd given up that play. I think consecutive weeks where just miscommunication on the DBs and he didn't recognize it so we got lucky there but um, yeah not not a great day for Teddy um, you know I think everyone in this podcast has heard us say plenty of times how we feel about Teddy and you know where his career is at and where it's going um, I still think he's a good quarterback he's a quality starter but did not have a great day against the Vikings um, any thoughts on, on Teddy's return here yeah, I mean, he struggled, right? I think we he missed uh, DJ Moore twice for touchdowns, a uh, one on a longer play to kind of the, the left corner on your TV screen, and then uh, at the very end of the game, a play that DJ Moore kind of got twisted and, and turned around and actually hurt on the play. Um, missed him there as well, and, and uh, you know, he, he had a few completions. It wasn't horrific, but it, it certainly was one of his worst games of the year. Um, I, I saw some some stuff on Twitter where Zimmer really disguised uh, some defensive packages and, and really threw some unique things at him, uh, which makes sense because 
you know, Teddy obviously practiced against the Zimmer defense for years and years. And, and right. yes, it's different players. It's, it's, um, they're always working to, you know, adapt, right. That's, that's the beauty of the NFL is you, you can't just go out and, and do the same thing year after year, uh, unless you're the Bengals from whatever, 2000 to 2015. But, um, you know, it, it, it I think that threw Teddy a little bit. Uh, and so, I agree with you. You know, not his best game, but he is—he's absolutely going to make money. He's going to be a quarterback for a long time in this league, whether that's as a starter or as a, a backup. You know, remains to be seen. But guess what? Either way, um, a hell of a comeback, and he's going to have a, a, a nice—you know—nice set of money to 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 sit back and retire and, and do whatever he'd like to uh, um, after the NFL and, and knowing. You know what we do about Teddy. You have to assume that uh, he's going to do a lot of positive things. You know when he walks away from the game of football. Absolutely. Um. I, you know, obviously we can't can't project the future, but just based on his character and, and what we saw here for uh, the four years or so that that he was with the Vikings, um, certainly had a had a good impact in Minnesota. And you know, only only safe to assume that's going to continue. Um, yep. Yeah, like you said there. I mean. Even if not a starter, definitely a career as one of those backup guys. That's that's a good vet, a good presence to have in the quarterback's room. Can kind of mentor some guys going forward, especially um, maybe some quarterbacks and, and some players that are going through some kind of adversity with injuries and whatnot. You know, that's that's invaluable experience because there's a whole psychological aspect of that that um, I don't personally know about. But I, I I just you know you read the stories and like how down these players get because this this is their livelihood right this and they can't do it anymore so um yeah long career ahead for teddy um that's that's what we believe but not his best day um see if he can bounce back and, and maybe get carolina back in the hunt but um right now we are in the playoff hunt and we control our own destiny mike so how how do we get there before we go into the jaguar preview how do we get there um making the playoffs what's the first step of that well i think you nailed it they have to be they have to be almost perfect right i think uh four and one is probably going to get you there but the way that they control their own destiny is that you are a game behind uh arizona and tampa bay uh there might even be one other team but for sure those two and we play tampa bay here next week and so the theory, or not really theory, the, the fact is that if you beat Tampa Bay, you have the same amount of losses at that point. Um, of course, you're operating under the assumption that Minnesota beats Jacksonville this week. Uh, Tampa Bay is on by. So mm -hmm. if you do that, you've got the same record, and then you would own the tiebreaker over Tampa Bay, meaning that if you win out, um, you have the tiebreaker over an existing playoff team right now, which is how essentially Minnesota can guarantee themselves a playoff spot if they can go, uh, you know, five for five here down the stretch. Yeah, I think the other teams that are that are sitting there are the Bears, which we keep forgetting about, but I think a lot of people are writing them off because their offense is a complete mess. Yeah. They're still sitting there at five and six. Um, we have the tiebreaker on them right now, and I think um, when it would come down to it, uh, divisional record, even if they were to beat us, I think we would still have a stronger divisional record than they are. Um, 49ers five and six as well. Lions four and seven just fired the coach, so um, not expecting them to do much. Um, there's still a couple teams lingering 
in the NLC that that could make some some kind of waves. But um, I think of the teams that that you spoke of that are either rising or still at that level, I, I think we're basically covering it when we say Vikings, Cardinals, Buccaneers are kind of the fringe teams right there, and two of those three um, can make it in, right? Barring any surprise, I, I, I'd expect two of those three, or at least one of those teams not to be in, and the rest of the teams that are already up there, NFC East notwithstanding. Yeah, and then, I mean, I guess you, you probably need to mention you have the 49ers who are starting to play a little better football, and then also the Rams too, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I say that because those teams will beat up on one another. So, for instance, this week, I think the Rams have the Cardinals, right? A game where... Uh, Vikings fans should be cheering for the Rams, uh, but mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, we're going to be happy that these losses are going to be happening, you know, and unless there's, of course, a tie, uh, you're going to be happy that uh, some of these teams are going to get a loss, um, you know, week in and week out. Yeah, that's a good point to make too, right? So, I mean, of the teams you listed there, the Rams currently five, Cardinals seven, and 49ers 10, so... Like you said, they're going to beat up on each other. You just hope one is able to beat up the majority of those and just knock those other guys down. Um, interesting to note, though, the Rams should actually be considered the division winners currently right now of the NFC East because they have beaten every single NFC East team. Um, so they are 4-0 and in that division. Um, just based on that record alone, f- with four wins, if you only counted those four wins, they would technically still be leading the NFC East just based on divisional records. So um, Los Angeles Rams, winners of the NFC East so far. We'll see how that pans out, but um, that's where we're at right now. Okay, good to know. Yeah, good to know. Side note, NFC East, Mike, are we are we going to see a six-win team out of the NFC East make the playoffs? Are, are, are we legitimately going to see that? Well, I mean, I, I think the Eagles looked uh, atrocious, right? Um I think obviously Dallas looked horrific on Thanksgiving. Uh, the Giants, I, I want to say, have won maybe three in a row. Um, so a team that's gaining a little bit of confidence, perhaps. And then uh, Washington, you know, still has that <clears throat> that young stud defensive line. Uh, they've got some playmakers in in McLaurin and, and Gibson on offense. So I think I, I look for the Giants uh, and Washington to be the two teams that. Might have a chance to maybe get to that seven win mark, um, but I, I don't think I see a team getting to eight. I'll put it that way. Interesting, yeah. The last time I can remember that happening was, I believe, the Seahawks winning the West at seven and nine. Yeah, 20, seven, eight, and one or something like that. something like that. Yeah, and then the only time that that it was close recent in recent memory was when the Packers won the division at eight, seven, and one. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> and it's the East, man. It's an experience. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good preamble. It's just we got to take care of business this week against Jaguars, which we'll be talking in a second here, and then just start rattling off these wins, start improving week over week, um, continue to get healthier. Um, injury report: O line has got a couple guys banged up. We got um, D line has got a couple guys on there, uh, so we we need to get healthier for the stretch run. If that if that is what we're able to do, it's it's going to be because we're getting healthier. Um, Adam Thielen should be off COVID this week, so should have him back. Um, but Jaguars, man, they're rolling in here at 1-10, but these guys are not super representative of their record. They've been playing some good ball recently, some 
some closer games. I mean, Cleveland just narrowly defeated them twenty-seven twenty-five. So yeah. and that's that's a that's a eight and four, eight and three Cleveland team. So these guys are playing some good ball, and they should not be overlooked. Yeah, Green. Uh, they gave Green Bay a run uh, as well. You know, they're 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 starting to play a little bit better football, right? They're still it, it's a lost season um, overall, but uh, a team that has seen a lot of pieces depart over the last year and a half, two years. Um, I think they're looking to see what they've got, and and uh, you know, I would expect a bit of a fight. I guess is what I'm saying, right? Um, I think mm-hmm. you you alluded to maybe the Bears. Uh, certainly the Lions, right, uh, firing uh, their coach and GM after the Thanksgiving fiasco. You, this is the time of year where you do have some teams that really do kind of mail it in, right? Um, right. And, and I just don't think Jacksonville is going to be one of those teams. Uh, so Minnesota is going to have to go down there and, and, you know, play a solid game to, to get a win. So. I, I, you know, I think we're capable of doing that, but you know, it's 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 a tale of the Jekyll and the Hyde for the Vikings. You know, it's <clears throat> which team is going to show up? Is it going to be the sloppy team? Is it going to be the team that that can actually move the ball and get stuff done on offense and take care of the business on defense? You know. Yeah, and and I think you know the one thing to keep in mind is we've been a better road team this year, uh, and and I don't know with all the but COVID. Mike, Mike, this this game's at home. Jacksonville game is. Yes. Oh yeah, it's the final one of the final uh, home game, and then then we got three of four on the road to finish, right? I believe. So it's I think it's at Tampa, is. at New Orleans, at maybe Detroit. Ho- I think we ho- yeah at Detroit, and then we host Chicago. I believe. Yeah. Um, well, then I guess maybe that's a that's a bad 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 aspect if Jaguars are uh, coming here, but um, you know either way they're they're going to have to play well. I think. You have Mike Glennon, their third or fourth quarterback, uh, coming in. They've they've been uh, facing the injury bug um, in Jacksonville, but uh, you know they still have a couple of bright spots on offense. They've got uh, James Robinson, a, a undrafted rookie running back that's been on fire. A guy that um, you know is going to be right there with Justin Jefferson for rookie of the year candidate. Uh, he's got over a thousand total yards, eight touchdowns. Um, you know, just just really killing it. So. Uh, they, they've got some playmakers. I think, again, if Minnesota can continue to improve, especially mm-hmm. uh, defensively, you know, the Dantzler's, uh Gladney, some of these players are continuing to get better. It seems like almost every snap, um, you know, we should have a good opportunity to, to get this one uh, out of the way and, and hopefully do so in a, a comfortable fashion, right? How nice would it be to maybe have a 17-point lead you know, with eight minutes left in the fourth, or a seventeen-point lead leading into halftime, where you're not you're not super worried about the second yeah. half, and you can just kind of salt the game away. Um, yeah, it's <clears throat> you know the Yannick Ngakwe revenge game is going to be very interesting. Oh wait, yeah, he's well, yeah. he's he's no longer with the team, so that is no longer a revenge game. Um, but yeah, I think I'm right there with you. They're a dangerous enough team, um, and yeah, <laughs> you, you can't you can't let any team in the NFL just kind of just sit there and pass you by. You know, you got to prepare for everyone the same way, and I think we see it every year, if not multiple times a year, where 
it, it seems like a team just overlooks, you know, one of these one in ten teams, one in eleven teams, and they end up taking a loss where they shouldn't, and, it, and it's very impactful for their playoff life. Um, now, <clears throat> looking for the Vikings as a fringe playoff team, you know, it might mean the difference between getting in the playoffs or not, but. At this point, what what are we super expecting from the Vikings to do in the playoffs at this point as, as a potential seven seed? You're probably not expecting much, so. But no, it's got it's got to start somewhere. So, it starts with Jacksonville. Um, anything else we're worried about with Jacksonville here? Um, uh, no, no, not really. Um, I think it'll be a little bit of a break for the DBs from a receiver standpoint. Uh, you know, Jacksonville's pretty banged up with the re- on the receiver front. They've got uh, the likes of Keelan Cole and, and Chenault Jr., um, a, a rookie, I think, that's that's come in and, you know, showed some promise, but uh, nothing to the likes of what we've seen here, uh, you know, like that Dallas had and, and uh, mm-hmm. some of the teams we've played lately. So, um, yeah, I think just look for the defense to continue to improve. The offense should roll. Um, you know, offense has been moving – the ball well, I, I think w- one benefit of getting up early would be maybe to give Dalvin a little bit of rest um, just here yep. or there, right? I mean, he's he's starting to get the miles on him. Uh, and if well, this is and indeed that's, a that's, that's the thing, team, I, you know? yeah, that's the thing I was kind of noticing last week against Carolina, too. It seemed like a lot of the hits were also um, pretty, pretty violent, um, kind of similar to the Dallas game. That there were some hits there that just felt like they were they had a little bit of extra juice on them, and it, you know it's 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 hard to see that when so much of the offense runs through him, um, and you, and you see that that kind of punishment. It, it takes a toll, and even though Mike Zimmer doesn't think it does, it does take a toll. So if we're going anywhere in the playoffs, it's going to be because Cook is rolling and we're able to get the the receivers involved. Um, so. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. It'd be nice to be up comfortably, and we could we could give those guys some rest, get Madison in there for some live reps, you know, start spreading out the ball a bit more, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, and you know, one thing too with uh, you mentioned the Ngakwe trade, uh, you know, those that pick continues to get better and better here. Baltimore is struggling down the stretch, and yeah. um, at this point, I don't even know if they're a playoff team in the AFC. Well, let's take a look. So we got the Steelers, obviously number one at eleven and zero. Um, Chiefs number two at ten and one. We'll see how long that holds. Um, every other team is eight and three. Dolphins are seven and four in the sixth seed. Colts are seven and four in the seventh seed. Raiders six and five, and Ravens six and five. So Ravens right now are sitting the ninth seed. Um, so. Now I believe they yeah. have Cincinnati twice. I think their schedule might be uh, relatively light the rest of the way, but still, point being, uh, you know that pick isn't is is getting a little bit better. Um, it, it, at least, you know, it, you have that to, to kind of still shake your head at. Um, but yeah, so here is their upcoming schedule, and this is, I think, this is a little bit important because of what's happened with. Um, their COVID situation with this week, which was Thursday night football being played tonight, which is a recording on Wednesday. Um, so they got basically a mini buy there. Um, they're supposed to play Thursday. They ended up playing tonight. Their game that I think was supposed to be this Thursday, if 
for this week was moved to Tuesday next week, which means they're on six-day cycle there. That's versus Dallas, all right? A team that we know firsthand can be dangerous if you're not careful. Um, and if some of their guys, if this COVID thing is still going through the locker room, some of their guys are out for that. Um, who knows that? Plus, you're off cycle by a significant margin here, and you only have six days to prepare for that. Then the next game after that is at Cleveland on Monday. So again, you're at a six-day cycle back. Um, and then the next game after that is versus Jacksonville. But again, that's another six-day cycle. So they're sitting here, six-day, six-day, six-day. Yeah. Now now that starts to take a toll, right? One less day rest, one less day of practice, one less day of install and all these things. <clears throat> it, it's, is that going to be enough of a detriment to them to put them in a position where they can't recover and they can't get back into the playoff hunt? I don't know. Well, but it's it, it's 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 a hard it, it's it's a hard bit of scheduling there for them. Well, and you look at three of their five teams they're going to play in Dallas, Cleveland, and the Giants uh, are all going to be playing for you know playoff mm-hmm. chances or positioning. Uh, so you're gonna; those teams are certainly going to be ready to roll. Uh, Jacksonville being another one, we just talked about how they've been playing teams, teams tough. Uh, and then, of course, they end the year at Cincinnati, right? That that's probably one that you know they can maybe count on. But hey, but, but you got to so, get there. Again. You got to get there with it being relevant. And you just listed a few teams that are already above them, so. Uh, you know, they they need some teams to fall. Now, again, we're just talking about a simple draft pick here, but I think it was, what, a third rounder that we got um, back? Yes. Yep, correct. <clears throat> so, um, you, you know, it just it, it, it is still going to be ultimately, what, a top 100 pick. Um, so the closer that can shift to, you know, maybe the, the 70 range, uh the happier you know we would be 70s 80 whatever absolutely but i just want to make one more point on cincinnati right so even if you get there and it matters that's still an interdivision game that's still an opponent that would would like nothing more than to screw over their division rival in their playoff hunt chances yeah right so if it comes down to them needing that victory to get in the playoffs i wouldn't even make that a, a lock because we've seen it before where some of these division games at the end of the year, a team that's completely out of the playoffs just comes in and sneaks a win out and screws yeah. over, you know, their division rival. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's I, I think it's an uphill climb right now for the Ravens and obviously not the best situation not having Lamar and, uh, you know, a couple of their key weapons in this, this matchup that happened out this afternoon. But, you know, that's the world we live in now. That's And this is the schedule they have to deal with now. I think they had something earlier this year that... that put them off right um it, it was ravens before right that was like the first big scheduling thing that they had the shift yeah i think it was miami and the ravens maybe or no it was tennessee that's right and they moved around this game they moved around yeah. the buys for this um so yeah um it's gonna be gonna be very interesting um to see how the ravens finishes out um so well stay tuned and, and listen you know we're talking about a game that was just played on Wednesday at 2.30 Central Time because of COVID situations. They didn't have Lamar Jackson. They didn't have Mark Andrews. They didn't have either of their the Mark Ingram, uh, J.K. Dobbins. Things can happen. The Broncos didn't have a quarterback this week. Um, you know, they, 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 they petitioned to have their coach yeah. as a quarterback. That's, that's how desperate they were, like. 
I, you know what? I, 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 I really want to listen to that that transcript of that call where head coach was calling up the quarterback's coach or had him in his office and was like, listen, um, if we can get approval for it, yeah. would you like to play quarterback? Like, how, how does that conversation happen? Uh, I don't know. But the, the main thing here is that, you know, it, it, we, we joke a little bit because, you know, the players are fine. It, it, it Obviously, COVID a very serious situation. But the point we're trying to make is that the NFL, right now, anything can happen on any given week. You, we were without Adam Thielen this week. The Denver Broncos didn't have a quarterback. A game got pushed five times to a Wednesday Right, mm-hmm. you have to take your wins when you can get them because you never know when this season for any given team or in the rest of the year, or week, um, you never know how quickly it can pivot. Right, so uh, that's why if you can get the wins now more than ever, it is important to do so because um, man, what a, what a ride it's been, and and you know you know it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know more craziness is going to ensue. Well, and I think that's that's one of the things that uh, <clears throat> the, the NFL was worried about was teams that are out of the playoff hunt um, breaking the COVID rules, break, breaking the protocols, because, you know, you're out of the playoff hunt, you, you're not going anywhere. Who wants to still quarantine? Who wants to still do all that crap um, if, if you're not going to, if, if nothing's going to come of it? Right. right. So who, who knows? Who knows how off the rails this stuff gets? And, you know... Is it going to be to the point where, and this is a very drastic, is it, is it going to go to the point where the NFL is like, okay, we're going to cancel this game or we're just going to make your team forfeit because you've been skirting um, all these rules and you're just going to forfeit the rest of the I, I don't know. You know? Well, I mean. This, this, this finish could be so wild. It, it has so many different trajectories it can go. Well, and then also think about this, you know, Think about a, a Seattle team, a Green Bay team with Russ and Rodgers. Are you just going to put them into a padded room by themselves for two full weeks? Because imagine if they test positive like Thielen did this week, and it's a playoff game. That yep. those teams, those teams go from uh, likely a, a favorite, a, a substantial favorite, to it, it swings completely the other way, right? Aaron Rodgers likely, if if you have a Jordan Love led Green Bay team. You and I would have all the confidence in the world with with Dalvin and Cousins going in, regardless of who's playing defense for us. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's a very interesting thing, and I think that's. You remember, like every week we'd protect that kicker. I believe that's kind of what we were doing there. Is like, okay, if for some reason our kicker gets COVID, or has has a scare and he can't play, we need to have a kicker we can bring out. And it 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 it, it comes down to the point where some of these teams, you know. What do they do after seeing the Denver situation happen? What do they do with that? Yeah. Right? Do, do you literally take Jordan Love and say, okay, you're going to be sitting in this room. That is all you're going to be doing. This room is a completely separate entrance. You're staying there. <clears throat> Has it been brought up? Why did the why did the Steelers game continuously the, get pushed? And how come the Denver game didn't get pushed then for a couple days so that they could get a quarterback healthy? Like what? How? What was the difference there? My my understanding was <clears throat> is there was, and, and this is this is not a hundred percent accurate. This is what my understanding is. My understanding is there was a Denver quarterback that tested positive, <clears throat> or staff, I forget which one, 
was a, I think it was their court. Driscoll was one of the backup quarterbacks. <clears throat> okay, so because he had very close contact and extended contact with the other quarterbacks, yeah, that is what ruled them out. Um, because with the, all the contact tracing that was required, they didn't have close enough contact with anyone to make it a big um, concern with any other players. So that's why that was just shut down to that. And I believe the issue with the Ravens was is there was so many players that were out or tested positive that they couldn't, sure. in good conscience, actually start the game. So they had to get enough negative tests and negative contact tests <clears throat> to be able to say, okay, the, your, your whole team isn't on fire, but those 12 people or whatever, they have it. They need to be separated. They're, they're done for this week until they test positive. Right, right. So I, I think that's that was a difference there. And it, it really goes to show how valuable that contact tracing is in, in these type of situations. <clears throat> I'm just shocked that the only one that, that went on the list for the Vikings was stealing, you know. But, you know, I, I think the Vikings are, are one of the top teams in the league at managing this because we, we played the Tennessee Titans a week before they had their massive outbreaks and we had nothing. <clears throat> so we're, we're clearly doing something something good in that aspect. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah, it's <clears throat> this is going to be a wild finish to this year. Um, so <laughs> you, you think just the the regular matchups of who's going to get in based on record is going to be interesting. I, I think the whole COVID aspect of this and the teams being out is, is just going to throw it for a complete different tailspin that we've never seen before, and I don't think we can realistically prepare for. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. So, buckle up, folks. It's about to get crazy. Um, <clears throat> but circling back, Mike, anything else about this week's matchup against Jaguars that we want to we wanna touch on? Or are we just ready to see this thing through, make some predictions, and let, let this puppy go? <clears throat> yeah, I think it's let's do some predictions, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a pretty exciting podcast next week getting geared up for you know what ultimately might be the season on the line against a uh, a Tampa Bay team that's going to be coming off a bye <clears throat> all right Mike what's your prediction well it seems like I've been incorrect a majority of the time this year uh but uh, you know I Cousins seems to have figured things out a little bit uh, he's he's managed to, to make some throws. The emergence of Jefferson. Uh, I guess I'm I'm gonna say the Vikings get it done. Uh, we've been throwing points up, so let's say 37, uh, 37, 20. Maybe the defense does come to play. We've been talking about that 17 point victory. Uh, let's say they get it done by 17. Nice. I like it. I like it. Um, I don't think we're going to quite score that many points. I think we're going to be at 33, and it's going to be like a weird 33. There's going to be something weird happening there. Okay. Um, and I think I think Jaguars are going to make it a game late. They're going to they're going to give us a little heart uh, heart palpitations there, as the Vikings usually do, and it's going to be 33-28. Jag um, Jaguars push late, <clears throat> not quite enough, and and we're able to to stave off um, the loss and. We still have questions with the defense going into Tampa Bay that, that we're going to be worried about, but um, that's, that's where I think we're going to be at. 
Bo- right. Both predicting wins. But you know what? The season's unpredictable, so we'll see what happens. But <clears throat> playoff push starts right here. You know, first seven seed to win the Super Bowl, Mike. Yeah, I mean, first seven seed or first eight seed, maybe, right? I'm, I'm just saying, why not us? Why, why not us? Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. You know, I'll be, I'll be there cheering with you. Hell yeah, brother! All right, <clears throat> that's gonna do it for us on the Scholars Podcast here. Um, thanks for listening. Tell your friends, tell your family. Get into the holidays here, so what, what better to listen to than than our back catalog of of Scholars Podcasts? We highly recommend the bi-week buses, both 1.0 and 2.0, just phenomenal shows. Um, so have a listen if you have some spare time this holidays, and and you know, if you like us, share us around to your friends and family. That's all we ask. It's not that hard, is it, Mike? It's not. It's not. No. Like I said, that's it for us. So what's Skull Vice? Skull.